Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Thursday afternoon. Between one one thirty, and uh, <laughs> my son had a snafu yesterday, so we're trying to send him today. Terence Stroll, let's uh, take a look at the Tefila podcast, which as always is Mishpachas Stefanski is sponsoring it. And uh, I'll tell you the truth, I'm bored this week with the sh- with the talking about the uh, Shemun Asrei. I don't know why. Yeah, it's just a mood thing. However, so I'm sitting here and said, "What should I?" Talk about it. And for some reason or another, I saw the Krishna, which we do all the time, obviously. And that's as common as the um, Shemun Esri, except that it's more difficult. And the reason I say more difficult is what exactly is the mitzvah of Kriya Shema? When you say Shema Yisrael, Shemul Kena Shemachod, which we sort of say almost by rote. And uh, what's the meaning? You know, now, if you're my Manadin of the Rambam, uh, you have a tall order. It's actually an extremely difficult order. Um, in the uh, Sefer Mitzvahs over here, he counts, uh, where is it? Here you go. The second Mitzvah, Mitzvah Shnia, of the Tariq Mitzvahs. So the first one is to believe in a God, and the second one is to believe in Zechot. This is the Rambam in Sefer Mitzvahs from Kapach. That's your best translation. Um, who had sibush and it's tabul hamin be yichud? You have to believe in yichud. What the heck is yichud? Is one. What does that mean? But who? That means shenamin shapol hanimsa, or maybe pol hamitzias. But sibasa rishon uechad. That's already very hard to explain. So I'm supposed to know this when I say shema. The average person out there from the time you bar mitzvah bas mitzvah. That's what he's supposed to say. Shapol hanimsa, which I take to mean. That which caused everything to be, po'el hanim. So it's an unusual Hebrew. Remember, this is Arabic. That's why I'm pulling out um, kapach. I saw also. I actually pulled out what's his name, Heller, Chaim Heller, but it wasn't that good. The translation wasn't so great um, on this matter. So po'el hanim. So or Messias, that which created all everything, all existence, v'sibasa bishona, and its original siva, its source. So there's not a chain of being or something like that. There's just God. And he made everything done. I, I radically oversimplified, didn't I? That's what you mean when you say Which, by the way, is just very interesting to me to think. It is not God who said that. Why didn't God say in Shemos Vayikrad and Bamibor, when God is doing the talking, why didn't he say Shema Yisrael Shema or Ani Echad or something like that? It is Moshe Rabbeinu in his farewell speech, as we all know, Pasha Vizchanan, at the end of his life, having led everybody for 40 years and seeing the old generation die out and gone through all the junk with the Egel and so forth, right? And even if you don't believe in Egel the philosophical, theological ideas of the people going to be complex. 
confused. And he's trying to say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Okein Hashem Echad. Notice I'm putting in the original context. Of Rav HaMidrash is Tim Shem Rama. The Rambam says, usually in Medrash, meaning Chazal, you'll see, that it means, this must be from a Sifri or something, Al Menas L'Yachid Eshmi. Al Menas L'Yachidini. So you see, Hashem Okein Hashem Echad, Chazal, in the Medrash Halacha, Medrash Halacha, say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Okein Hashem Echad means, L'Yachid Eshmi. Now, what does that mean? Liyached, to bring together, or to be yichud something. How do you translate it? The answer, my friends, is not so simple to translate. But who? What that means is that when, when I say yichud biyached eshmi, the realm I'm talking, it means shmai so Hashem akein Hashem achad means shalohot siyonu beis avodim. That all the miracles that he did for us in the time he sees his time and on are all conditional that the Jewish people will be yachet is in. Not believe in me. See, the point's like this. This is the philosophy. If I believe in Hashem, but I believe Hashem is a big bunny rabbit out there, that's no good. Well, I believe in Hashem. I believe in God. But to me, God is a bunny rabbit, like that movie Harvey, you know, or something like that. Or a big baboon, or it's a star. You, get, you understand what I'm saying? Belief is A, but but then the thing you believe in has to be correct. If you believe in something inaccurate, then that's not good. So again, So again, so God took us out and chose us as a people and did all those miracles and gave the Torah in order we should have a correct, this is the Rambam now talking, we should have a correct understanding as far as the human can go of what he is. Or maybe I should say what he's not. That's what they mean when you see in a lot of places, Mitzvah HaYichud. So when you say Mikabel Malchushamayim, again, literally, Malchushamayim can mean there's a kingdom in heaven in which God sits surrounded by angels and ministers and, oh, and demons and who knows what. And so the heavenly king is like an earthly king, except stronger. And no, no. Karm Lamitsuzu Malchushamayim, Kiyomim Kedei Lakabel O Malchushamayim means Hodol Bichalibmanazok. So the word Malchus Shemayim is not literal that there's a kingdom in heaven, but rather it's figurative, the Rambam asserts, as a kind of synonym, <coughs> euphemism maybe? No, synonym uh, for Yichud, which is just kind of interesting. Now, in, you know, elsewhere in the Yisraeli Torah and so forth, Merneveuchim, you know, the Rambam goes a great detail, try to explain what's not really explainable, as I always say, um, I think I have it right. If you understand God that created literally everything, there is nothing you can apply to God. So you can't be go to Lagibra Nor, it can't be uh, you know uh, good. No, because He created them all. You understand? And any idea you could have about God, by definition, is not going to be correct because He created the idea. So it's a paradox. I'm commanded to be miachid. I'm, I'm asking you a question. What do you say when we say Shema Yisrael Shemesh Kein Shemachad? 
Do you simply have in mind here, O Israel, the Lord God, the Lord is one? That's 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 uh, highly insufficient. Okay, so what 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 are you supposed to do? What does it mean yichud? And uh, what do you mean when you say it? You know they say the women don't have to say the Christian, but they have to say Shema Yisrael Hashem again So what does that mean? Okay, what does that mean? So this is very interesting. I pulled out my uh, rusty, trusty, uh, what's it called, Mrs. Amel. That's one of the books I like because the guy, the author, Rabbi Cement, did a lot of homework, and I appreciate research when it's done properly. And uh, what I always like about him is he does a cedar sheets as so whoever's out there, more or less, he assembles. And the Rambam, of course, as I just read you, considers one of the Tariq mitzvahs. Uh, okay, fine. And again, when it says, Makabah, O Machashamayim, the Rambam, the great philosopher, will say, I'm not accepting the kingship of heaven. Because it sounds like God is a king. God's not a king either. Get it? <clears throat> Beyond that. But okay, Yichud. Then you have the sheet of the Bahag, he says. In which case, there's some disagreement, it seems, between the Ramban on the one hand and the, and the Zoraki on the other. Do you remember the other day I did Ibn Gabirol? And I said what, one of the things he's famous for, the poet, is Reni the Azharos, Azharot, in which he lists very beautifully the Tariag Mitzvahs, Ase and Los Ase, according to the Bahag's Shita. Remember, he lived 100 years before the Rambam. So, um, that Sefer, that poem, became the object of a peerish by the Tajbates called Zorakia, in which he's Mafalpo, Zora late Rishon, you know, he's Mafalpo in these kind of matters. And one of the things he gets to is just what we're talking about. And uh, the Zorakia, at least, says, the Tajbates says that the Bahag Lamona Mitzuzu, that this is not one of the 613 mitzvahs of the Bahag. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't believe in it, but he says it's not one of the six or thirteenth. Okay? And um, then you have the smog. Shita's a smog. And what does he say over here? That the mitzvah is to say it bepeh, which is kind of interesting. It's not enough to think it. You have to verbalize it. That's why we have a din, the mitzvah, you have to say krishma. I repeat, you have to say krishma. Not enough, you know, just have it in mind. So it'd be a very Jewish sort of um, commandment that, you know, so and so many times a day you actually have to pronounce these words. <clears throat> okay? Um, then apparently you have the sheet of the Haredim, the Sefer Haredim. Okay? Um, which is a little weird to me, so I'll leave that alone. But here's the point I'm going to get at. Um, then this discussion brings up something very interesting, which I wouldn't have thought of, but I'm glad it <clears throat> stimulated my memory. And then I'll mention it over here. According to the way I said it in the Rambam's simple understanding, when you say Shema Yisrael Hashem Akin Hashem especially Echad, you've got quite a task on your hands. And if you think it through, it takes a while, which usually you don't have in a shoal. Um, or I don't. Because Echad, I'm not only talking about over, under, around, and through, uh, you know, that sort of thing. I think if you get the art scroll sitter, you know me, they'll give you those basic rules that you get from Shulchan Aruch. Or whatever. V'yizbon in shehu yizbarach melech shamayim v'v'aretz v'kavam mitzvahs of and so on and so forth. Okay, you know, we know that. Uh, if you want to get technical, shamayim v'aretz means God does not live in heaven. He created heaven. But 
Echad is a hard concept. And if you try to think it through, that Yechav ain't Yochi Ki so there's no real word like Echad, ultimately there's no way to translate it. You don't understand it. Tachlis the, the main part is you stand there in awe and you, you try to figure this out and you say, this is beyond me. Once you reach that point, you, you hopped. Which is, I don't think, what most people do. Now, here's the thing. Um, fine, you have to be miachidis Hashem. Why? He said, well, there's one God in the world. <clears throat> As I said before, if you leave in a big bunny rabbit or a big doll or a big anything or a small anything, you got the wrong, you're dealing with the wrong item. Even if you say to me that bunny rabbit created everything, all the rest of it, I get it. This pussy ant created everything. I get it. But since God is not a pussy ant, you're not a created thing. You have to have who created it. So you're 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 fun, you're violating the yichud. Okay, I'm not sure if you're violating an amuna. <clears throat> That's an interesting discussion to have. But certainly you're violating the yichud. <laughs> right now. Um, because you have to have the idea that God is that which created everything. Therefore, you can't anything you could possibly conceive of is wrong. Anything you conceive is wrong, as Maimonides puts it as a negative theology. You you know what's not true, which is by the way also good. Sometimes by investigation, like a detective, a process of elimination, by getting rid of the false things, you get closer to the truth. The only difference is the detective might at the end come up with the truth, and we human beings it's impossible to come up with the truth. And that's why we understand it. But I'll tell you what was interesting to me. What about a guy named Noah? Do they have to have Yichud? Right? We say that even people who are not Jewish are not allowed to have Vodazar. <clears throat> I think you know this. One of the Shemitz I'm sure you know that. And if the Jews are able to, they'll destroy any uh, Vodazar under their control and punish any guy for worshipping a Vodazar, etc., etc., etc. I think that's known. Okay, so what does that mean? Uh, in other words, I'm asking the following question. What did God have in mind when he set up the laws in the world? Because it was God who made the Shem Mitzvah if I can use that term. It was also God who made the Targ Mitzvah of Israel. So as we just saw, that when he decided to do the Targ Mitzvah of Israel, I'm using Targ in a generic sense, of course. When he made the Targ Mitzvah of Israel, to include there some tall orders, in addition to all these rules and regulations about food, I don't know, you know, carbonus and all this other stuff, a ton of regulations, holidays. He also threw in some theological requirements, which are pretty doggone heavy. Because like I said before, once you start to focus, if you take it seriously, on a Echad, okay, a Echad, so it, it, it's, it's heavy, uh, you know, because whatever you think of is wrong. So I say like this, I believe in an unknowable God. That's also not true. I believe in a God that's beyond infinity. That's also not true. By definition, anything you think of is not true because if you could think about it, it's created. And if it's created, then there was a time it wasn't there and God was still there, right? That's why God is not good, for example. There's no such thing as good, like a Plato idea that was just always there. Uh, there was a time when nothing was there. Zero. Matter of fact, if you want to be mystical, there wasn't even nothing, you know, because there are reasons like this. Yeshmi Ayin, who created Ayin, which is a good word, by the way, if you think about it. You understand? The absence of things is also a concept. So, you know, you start to get a headache when you think like this, you see? You say, Hashem Echad, 
whatever is this is you're not this you're not that you're not this you're not that you know then then the, do, does god exist well you know he created the word exist you know you, you get in all these kind of things so if you take seriously now i'm not exhausting the subject today i'm just tickling it that's all i'm just in the mood to tickle it there's a lot more to say on shema but i'm going to share one nakuda which i think is interesting so i repeat the Rabbanu Shalom himself said that when I created the human race, what we call the Shem Mitzvah Noach, six for Adam and one for Noach, so included in the Ernest and our Zerub. Now I believe in other gods. Does that mean that the Goyim also had to get God right? What if they believed in a big bunny rabbit, like I said before, or any other uh, you know, idea? What if they had that? What if they said God is one, and they thought him like the word one? Do you see what I'm saying? If they didn't adhere to these very stern and austere Maimonidean uh, prerogatives, uh, uh, directives. So what's it? You know where you see this? This is called Shituf. Right? Shituf. So I think many are familiar. Anybody who's been in Yeshiva is familiar. There's a whole famous discussion whether B'nai Noach and Mitzvah of the Shituf. Which is just very interesting, mean, to use English, does God prohibit people who are not Jewish from having incorrect theological ideas? Or is he okay with that? Is he loose goose with that? The Jews, I demand correct ideas. But the guy might not demand, the, the, the ballpark ideas are also good. Only Shema Yisrael, only Klal Yisrael has Hashem Elkein Hashem Echad. You guys got to get it right. The rest of the world ballpark is good enough, right? You can't worship another god. Remember, there is also for B'nai Noach to have Mamash So you can't worship Zeus. You can't worship Thor. You can't worship, I don't know, Hydra and so forth and so on. Mithras and, and whatever. You know, Buddha. But, uh, if you think of one god who created the world in, you know, Buddhistic terms or something like that, all right, it's okay. Or am I wrong? Or does or does God indeed say this is really it counts that the world so in that second paragraph alone it sounds like Malchushamayim is eventually going to hit the guy. Sounds like that God wants this to be. It's just he's patient. He allows mankind to stumble a lot, trial and error. So slowly, slowly they evolve to a correct concept of the deity. That's the second paragraph of Lenu. But really, it's not supposed to be there, or or not. Now, um, that's the interesting thing. Now, I liked what he, I saw this in the Savior, and, and it intrigued me. Uh, and he, and the famous quote goes like this. There's a toast in Sanhedrin, in Samach Gimbal, where it says, B'Shem Rabbeinu Tan, like I say, I am sure many of you listening are familiar with this, can I go and enter into business partnership with somebody who's not Jewish? It may turn out that, um, you know, when the business partners have arguments, they go to court and one has to swear to the other. Uh, and the guy will swear by his God. And I, as a Jew, am not supposed to cause that because of what is Hatam. And the reason Rabbeinu Tom says, okay, uh, is because. They don't swear by a different God. 
even they have like a shituf, they have partnerships that combine, like the Trinity or saints or something like that. Wow. The Brahman Tom said like this. It's not usher for somebody who's not Jewish to have shituf, to think of God as part of a trinity or have a giving part of his power to saints or demons or things like that. Right? I'll be some shot and shame some but over acher. Lo ashkechan to usher ligram la acher lishatev, and there's no lift neiver and cetera, cetera. Now, what's that? That's Rabbi Nachman. Now, by the way, if I was wearing my history hat, there's a famous book by Jacob Katz. I forget what it's called. Where he traces uh, the history of the Jewish way of regarding Christianity. This is a whole big discussion, which is just interesting, but I ain't going into it now. And that is. How did the Jews in the Middle Ages particularly uh, classify Christianity as a Vodazor, yes or no? And the reason they had a problem with that was If you're honestly saying the Christianity that you encountered in the time of the Rishonim, for example, the early Achron, was literally a Vodazor because they believe in three gods, if you interpreted the Trinity that way and so on and so forth, if you interpreted the Catholic idols the images they have in churches as idols, mamish, then you're not allowed to do business with them, then the Jews would all starve to death. And so, it's famous, the Tosis twists it like a pretzel, try to say, well, it's not exactly a Vodazor. It's wrong, of course, but it's not exactly a Vodazor. That way, you could do business with them. So, Pirish Rovimafarsh, Makamanis Tosis, the usual way of understanding what Tosis means, the Bnei Noach in Mizharmal over the over the Vodazor b'shituf. That, as I said before, I'm going to speak in English terms. God never prohibited people who are not Jewish from having unclear and cloudy ideas of who He is. Blachin afilu mishava gaid b'shat of shem shemayim imdaber acher ain't over. Therefore, He says, "I swear by God, I swear by uh, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, or something like that, or Saint Peter." It's okay. He's not over, let's put it that way. But Kakos Ramah, and that's why the Ramah says in um in Kufnun Vav, Yesh Mekil Basia Shutvasima Gayimbazmanazir. Some say that you can have a partnership with somebody who's not Jewish. Because Ainamazar Malashituf. Because by name, if they swear it, 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 it's okay. Now there's a very famous Shmuel Landau. I think I mentioned this. The famous son of Nebi Huda. I think I son of Nebi Huda. I think I did a podcast in. Well, I think I mentioned this. As far as I'm aware, this is one of his most famous observations. And you know, in the Madura Tignano, which he published of the Nebi Huda, there are a lot of his own tubas in there. And he says, "The after Davrezer Morgul become a even though it's a popular expression, Sheina Nochem Ritzum Mal Shituf." I never actually heard anybody say that. In other words, I don't know where that comes from. The government out in Tzubal Shittuf. But Rabbeinu Tom takes for granted, like, where did he get it from? The huge Chiddush, where did he get it from? Now, again, if I was wearing a historian hat, he's doing this at Mamish in the Iker years of the early Haskalah. A very muscular approach, which has had a because the whole Askel was to open up Jewish life to European culture, if you're going to question how you're going to evaluate, you know, Christianity, obviously the Maskilim would be always pushing for the idea 
that Christianity is fundamentally a monotheistic religion, and in the garment of Matsubal Ashitov, here you have the son of Nodi Huda, who's, uh, you know, whose interests are in a different direction. And, Gamhu Mochach, the angel above that would deserve being Israel and Nachri, Umasayma Nodi Huda, meaning the son of the Nodi Huda, Shavadi Linyan over the Vodazerba Shitu, Gamanachi Muzer. As far as worshipping Oveg uh, and Avodazara with Shitu is no good. Right? Batosis, Lahuzra Kahainu, Bimashate, Shem Shemayim, Dabrachi Bashua. It was only in the language of Ashua, but you couldn't actually go ahead and worship a Trinity or something like that. Mashatu, Shem Shemayim, Dabrachi. Right? Maskira Bashua, Im Shem Shemayim, Derek Kavod. So a guy says, you know, I swear by uh, Jesus and all the saints. So that's Derek covered, you see? She, that's only Oster B'nai Yisrael, not B'nai Noach. Um, that's kind of interesting. And uh, what do you call it? There's a whole arichas on this. A lot of Achronim got in this. Usually not within the context of the Haskalah. Uh, there's the Zabel Boskowitz. There's the Meel Tzedakah. There's the Oles uh, Tumit. Though Moe, all these uh, swarm were always dealing with in this uh, regard. And um, what's interesting is, and I see that Mr. Milk bring, he's one who brings all this did a very good, he always does a very good job. And one of my favorite works. And um, in, in the course of this, these discussions, he kind of makes the point, and this is Nogea Teshmai Sashem Meshachad, that there's Dinim and Shituf, you know, two types of Shituf. Right? And you find it's in Achronim. So, for example, he quotes from the Olas Talmud. The Olas Talmud is before the Mogan Avram. The Mogan Avram was written to slug up the Olas Talmud. So, uh, this is what the Olas Talmud says. It's a big rabbi in, in Poland, you know, in the early 1600s. This is what he says, quote, Ein ha'goy muzer al-shituf kishorim zeh l'malam so, there's a difference between believing in two gods or believing in one god with a bunch of saints and things like that. Uh, in the sense that you give kayach, you see God runs the world uh, through intermediaries. Okay? He, that he gives power to other things. Uh, that part is not a god, he's not mitzvah on that. Only a Jew is. If you actually believe Shittu in the sense you believe in more than one God, then that's then that's not Shittu. That's a Vodazar. This was the opinion of the Olas Talmud. Uh, the Meil Tzedak and others uh, strongly disagreed, and you had fights back and forth. Now um, that's just very interesting because what it's saying is that. When you when when Moshe Rabbeinu says Shema Yisrael Hashem Makin Hashem Achad, and Hashem puts it in the Torah, it's a little bit funny over here. But what it sounds like is the following: From the guy, I don't expect much more than a, than a, than a general idea, but from you, I demand much more specificity in getting it right. In which case, every time you say Shema, it's a stickle tall order. <laughs> it's a tall order. Uh, here, I'll, I'll, let me use the language that he used. One second. He's trying to explain the different sheetas. And by the way, Yaakov Emden uh, has an arichas in the Morikatsiyah. And he says, and you know, it's it's famous that he was actually liberal 
in his view of Christianity, he's not being um, an avodazori. There are many historians that write about this. Uh, hold on for a second. This is Yaakov Emden and Reish Chav Talib. B'nei noch enim b'tzum mal shitav, t'hainu, sh'ovdim le'em tzoyim b'lem litzim. Goyim are not prohibited from, you know, believing in saints and intermediaries and davening to them. Imi yosim yom she'in lem yicholz muchlet, homed b'rshus yachal l'badav yisbarach. Even though they realize that if they pray to St. Peter or St. Patrick or somebody like that, St. Patrick is not the highest, God is the highest. Nevertheless, it's Kedai to pray to St. Patrick and worship him. That's okay for God, it's just not okay for Jews. Whoa, there's a, what do we do with people who say, I guess, I'm dominating this to be a male Yosher, I'm dominating to this famous Tzaddik, I'm dominating to this famous Rebbe. A ton of people do it. Ton of people do it. You're going to Uman. How many people are going to Uman, for example, and say like this? I'm coming to Uman. I'm going halfway around the world. I'm schlepping through the Vashtunkan in Ukraine, you know, putting up with all that to have a Maimonidean experience. <laughs> so even though I'm standing at the OL with the in Uman, I'm saying Shem uh, and Eino Bilvado, and there's no saints and no. So what am I doing by Nachum Breslover? What am I doing there? You see, unless you say that. You know they don't they don't agree in this interpretation of Hashem Echad with the God, but that's my point. When you say Hashem Echad, Hashem Echad, it's kind of like a marker. Where, where, where do you go with this? I'll say this again. This is Yaakov Emdim. B'nei Noach Einam Betzuv Malshitov Shaovdim Leemtsoim Lemlitzim. See, he says Ovdim because in Catholicism, which I think he had in mind, you know people do bring things to the to the saints. Uh, they knew that it's not the higher power. That's for God. But still, and he says, that's the meaning of Eschanan, when it says, that Moshe Rabbeinu warns the Jews, lest you raise your heads towards the heavens. No, I always tell you, Shemaim doesn't mean the heavens, Shemaim means the metaphysical, the spiritual. Moshe warning, you might raise your eyes to the heavens and all these different stars and stuff like that and start worshiping them. That's a famous pasuk that the Mishnah and the elders talk about. It could be misleading. Well, he says it's not. The Akhmanded. God has portioned these other kaiches out there, the Shemesh, the Erech, the saints, the sinners, the demons, and so on and so forth, the devils. Um, that's okay for the Goyim. He gave them out for the nations. It's okay for people not Jewish to worship those intermediaries. Only Jews can't do that. Right? Jews can't do that. And he brings a Rajbam also, where it says, uh, the Rajbam, who is famous in history for often debating Catholic priests, if you know the Rajbam was. He said, God said, I create all these wondrous 
natural things, the sun, the moon, the stars, this, that, and the other, the earthquakes, whatever, the bunny rabbits. Asher uh, The gun, that's okay, they can worship them. The Jews have a higher calling. Um, and he says, I'm And there's a long apparently on that. I'm not going to, to look it up. I'm simply saying, it comes out interesting. It could be, we say, we're the only ones that have to be like that. But then, as I said before, you got to be very careful. Why exactly are you going you know, to Uman or to any of these type of places. What's the shot exactly over there? Uh, but then again, we have to ask this question about Meron, you know. If you're going there, like, and by the way, the Ramon is very aware of this. And what does the Ramon say? When you go in Chodesh El, whatever it is, you know, as soon as coming up, we're all going to learn this in Shulchan Aruch. When you go to Chodesh El, you know, it's good to go to Kivrit Tzadikim, but don't dive into the Tzadikim. Remember, he's done, he say something like that? I'm pretty sure that's the language. One minute, one, let me let me get this thing. I don't know. I just was looking. It's evident in the Shulchan Aruch. Somewhere. I thought it's in in those um, Yom Kippur or Shana or whatever. I mean, he says, you know, when you go there, you have in mind not you praying to the people, but in the uh, being awe inspired in the presence there. Uh, and so people don't usually think that that's a, a, a difference between that and Elkan Shemachad. And be perfectly honest, you know, I don't feel that way emotionally. We did a trip a couple years ago to, you know, Prague, Vienna, Budapest. The oldest from there. I mean, I don't go because I'm a coin. But I totally hear the word. I would even tell you a story. There's something good happened out of that, but I don't want to get too spooky-wooky. So, um, it's a complicated business. All I'm saying is, and this I'll conclude, because I've spoken long enough, um, I don't like to make this too long, that Krishma uh, Krishna is actually kind of interesting and uh, somewhat intellectually demanding. And uh, it's just fascinating, if you take these things at face value, these texts, what they're saying is God says, you know, I don't usually expect every person in the world, let's say, to have a sophisticated, worked-out idea of who I am, what I am, and all the rest of it, because it's not so easy. You have to have education, you have to have a certain outlook. It's not so easy. Um... But I expected of the Jews, the men and the women. That that's interesting, and it sort of boggles the mind that you expect this of a thirteen-year-old. You know, once you're a bar mitzvah or a fifteen-year-old, or the rest of it. Now, obviously, it's a work in progress. Um, it's probably a, a work that takes uh, many years to progress. But it's a that means every time you say the shmats, it's a challenge. That I think an intellectual challenge. That I think is the most uh, interesting aspect of all this. And uh, once again, we thank this. For being pleased with others, wish you a good job. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.